This Quietcast podcast is brought to you by Ideas Digest. I'm Conrad. And I'm Matt. Each week, two optimistic Aussie blokes explore new (laughs) and challenging ideas outside of our echo chamber on our totally realistic quest to achieve world peace, maybe some personal enlightenment. Is that too much of an oversell? No, just roll the montage. Okay. I'm right in your room. What are you talking about? Straight men enjoy gay sex. What? The Bible is extremely pro-abortion. You're a sexist man who loves Jordan Peterson. This is progressive? No, this is arson. Do you think that kick us out? I've done psychedelics 150 times in my life. Why the hell should I trust you now? Don't define me by what I do in bed. Oh my God. These ideas can be like membership key to a particular social group. So break free from your echo chamber each week on Ideas Digest, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's going to be an amazing time. Amazing. Give us. <laughs> Welcome to Apostates Anonymous, the show you turn to when you're no longer an evangelical. With your hosts, hosts authors, hosts. Keith Giles, and Matthew J. DiStefano. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Apostates Anonymous. I'm your host, Matthew J. DiStefano, with my junior associate, the assistant to the regional podcast host, Keith Giles. Say hi, Keith. I'm just happy to be here. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> I, I don't, what voice is that? I just, uh, I was trying to think, what would the assistant to the regional podcast ma- uh, co-host sound like? Yeah, good to be here. Um, excited for another amazing, hopefully interesting and hilarious episode of Apostates Anonymous. How can you um, not be? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, it's a lot of fun anyway. I have fun doing it. There's the only reason I keep doing it. It's not for the ratings. It's not for the, uh, the ratings and the, reviews, the ratings and reviews, because, you know, you guys get to work on that. Listeners, please yeah, rate and review and share. Let's check this out. Let's check to see how, how you guys are doing. Let's um, make this podcast as big as it deserves to be. It needs to be just, everyone needs to no, hear No, we it. haven't, look it, we haven't had a review on iTunes for three months. So what are y'all waiting for? Help us out. All right, so look. we have. We have 56 ratings on Apple, mm-hmm. so we need to bump that up to 60 by the time this, like two days right. after this comes out. Be the first person to leave a brand new rating and review on Apple of this podcast, yes. and uh, Matthew will send you a free PDF of his book. I, I will do. I will do. I will do that. I'll send you a, a free PDF because uh, because we know no one wants a free PDF of Keith's books, so we're gonna make it one of mine. <laughs> that can't be an I incentive. Do. I I do. <laughs> I do for the month. Of, I'll tell you what. I tell you what. On the spot right now. This is breaking news, folks. For the month of September, if you leave a review on iTunes for Apostates Anonymous, make sure you a tell positive, me a positive review. A positive. Please. Well, no, I'll get. I'll, I'll give you a book for a negative review. I'll give you. Oh, I'll write right. a book, a, a shitty book, just for you. <laughs> uh, I'll give you. Don't be a dick. Um, yeah. Give a rating and a review on iTunes in the month of September. Let us know that you did that. Reach out to me. DM me in uh, on Facebook, or email me at matthewacquire.com. Let me know that rating and review is up there, and I will send you a free book. There you go. Sweet. That's sweet. Yep. 
You know what? I'll do the same thing. I'll, I'll match your offer. Oh, look at this. I'm going to match my your medic, pledge. My medic Keith. Yeah, you again. can send it to Keith, K-E-I-T-H, at choir, Q-U-O-I-R.com. <laughs> yeah, we do have an issue with that. And, and then once in the Google system, once the email is spelled wrong and it's not sending it out, it'll, it'll send it emails time. over and over and over and keep telling you. We're keep trying. I'm like, stop trying. Yes. But alas. Yeah, because look, we'll do I that. do enjoy, this is a lot of fun. I, I do three podcasts. I enjoy each of them in different ways for different reasons, but I really, really have fun. Um, I love doing the ads. I love doing just like the fact of freedom. I guess I love the, um, I love the uh, spontaneous, I, that, that's the positive way to say it. This is such a spontaneous podcast because usually mere seconds right. before we hit record, we have no idea what we're going to talk about. It's or just we have, Or we have an option and then we switch it up at the last second. That's right. Which we just did a second ago. That's right. Hey, did you notice I'm, I'm growing a mustache, by the way? No, I didn't. I just started. I just started yesterday, so okay. of course you're not going to notice. But so my my dad, my stepdad, who was a, a firefighter his whole life, has a perfect firefighter mustache. So he's coming out to California in a month, and with with my mom, and I'm going to surprise him and have a full thick. <laughs> ma, ma, it's a me, a Mario mustache. <laughs> my wife is not excited about this. I can't wait to see it. I've never seen you with facial hair. That'll be. It's going to be hilarious. I've never grown like a full mustache because I can't like grow a- like a full beard. Yeah. So then, but I can grow a thick mustache. Yeah, get like um, a, like a porn star, big thick mustache. That'd be great. Dude, it's gonna end up being like my my gay mustache because like uh-huh. I think that's in now amongst the gays. Oh, is it? I did not know that. I thought yeah, yeah. The must, go with the mustache. So I'm gonna su- surprise him. Um, my daughter and my wife super unhappy about it, but <laughs> you know. Oh, you know you what gotta she, do. I've been married 19 years. What's she gonna do? Leave me? That's right. Come, come on. on. Over a mustache? Come on. No, I don't think so. I doubt I it. So. So I'm going to be less Malakoy in the next year. So Good. I, mean, finally, next month. I don't know finally. how long it's going to take. Maybe three weeks, three weeks, four weeks. It'll start getting thick. Well, Matt, it's such so good to hear that you will no longer be Malakoy because now that means you and I can hang out in the kingdom of God. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you weren't going to make it. But now that you're going to have facial the, hair, God's going to say, okay, all right, look, you get to come in. If the kingdom of God is all straights, no offense, <laughs> it's not going to be that great. Because gay folks have like, they're hilarious. Not just not just straight folks, but um, guys straight with beards. Straight manly folks, I mean, guys with, with beards. Yeah, yeah, you get you know, it's the facial hair thing that's really what makes the kingdom of God so special. Which is yeah, a great so segue we, to our sponsor, by the way. It's a great segue, and and a previous sponsor, Biblical Beards. So they're back. Check out that one. They're <laughs> back, and now the Biblical Beards also have a Biblical Bible study or study Bible, and we're gonna let them. Uh, yeah, let, pitch here it we to go. You and, and so see important. if it's something you're into. Yep. Do women preachers make you want to smash a Barbie dream house with a baseball bat wrapped in the Kate James version? Well, we've got a study Bible for you. The new Theo Bro Study Bible is the first all-male study Bible written by men, explained by men, and sold only to men. Featuring the original, fully restored misogyny found in the original text, the new Theo Bro all-male study Bible includes male-centric notes and study guides from real manly Theo Bros like Driscoll, MacArthur, Locke, Pink, Tozer, and John Cooper of Skillet. If you're a Theo bro who's threatened by a movie about a Barbie doll, this new masculine translation of the study Bible is perfect for you. Because, as the Bible clearly says, no one should preach the gospel without a penis between their legs. Get your copy of the all-male Theo bro study Bible at www.mansplainingthebible.com today, and we'll throw in a free Tom Brady jockstrap while supplies last. And I realized as I was recording that, 
that isn't every Bible um, man-centric, like translated by a man, studied notes by a man, um, preached by a man? Like, See, this is the genius thing about this new product is that they really don't have to do anything different. They just have to take any Bible and um, just slap their little Theobro logo on it, and there you go. Yeah. It's the marketing. It. It's all the marketing. You got to market it as it's by men and for men. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Beautiful. Another beautiful sponsor to add. I'm glad to they restored our- the original misogyny. It's, you know, I really got upset when they took some of that out. Yeah. All the progressives are trying to eliminate all that from the Bible. You know, they're just trying to make it twist the Bible into, yeah, you know, scriptures. its own, you know, um, subjective moral relativism. We need. We need to bring yeah. back the authority of the Bible. You know, and yeah, it's this, these progressives who keep wanting to like, you know, they want to keep adding and including people like, you know, women and people that aren't straight. And, you know, we just got to get back to what it's really all about, which is just straight white men. And it's, that's what it's, it's you know, I'm so glad someone's taken a step forward. Finally. 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 <laughs> We have advocates for straight white men. It's been so long. It's been so long since it's been that way. Dude, it's so funny to listen to like you ever watch like the man on the street, the clepper bits and all that when people are like the real people in under attack in this country are straight white people. And you're like, yo, you're saying this with a straight face. I know you're not. Pardon the pun, but. (laughs) Straight face. Yeah. What other face? Not a gay gay face. Right. Um, It's just, I, I, it's just so funny. Like so many, so I know this is not our topic, but so many people, they live almost like vicariously through whatever news source they're getting. They're they're not because, because no one can point to like, oh yeah, this group of trans people came and just ruined my life. It's like, no, it's never never happened. That mob of gay people That mob of drag queens. Oh my God. Is that Flamey Grant coming down the street with pitchforks? They're going to burn my house down. No, they're not doing any of that. Yeah. Yeah. All those people with the rainbow flags, they surrounded my house and- you know, saying these, saying these, uh, inclusive songs all night and I couldn't sleep. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Name me one white person who, who, uh, the gay agenda got rid of. They're not getting rid of what, what straight white people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is last. crazy. But to see, it's one of those things where like, you know, when you've had power for so long, which is pretty much your whole life. And as for, you know, like in America over a hundred years, straight white men have pretty much run the show. And, and everything, you know, is, is designed to favor straight white men that when, when you start sharing that attention with other groups of people that aren't like you, that is, that's an attack. I'm being attacked because yeah. you are, you're focusing on something other than a straight white man. Well, and I think sometimes deep down, they realize that maybe people who aren't straight white, maybe minority groups will return the favor and not. Uh, be inclusive of them and maybe that's, that's exactly a little right. bit uh, a little bit of projection and a little bit of fear that okay it's kind of an admission that maybe we yes. haven't treated people correctly and that if they get in power they might return the favor and it's not going to look so good is it yeah they might treat us the way we currently treat yeah. them and that's <laughs> exactly. no that's exactly what it is i remember watching yeah. again we're getting off our topic but um <clears throat> i remember watching those man on the street interviews but just like regular real news not like comedy mm-hmm. show or something Mm-hmm. Um, and it was after Obama had won the election, but he hadn't been sworn in yet mm-hmm. before the inauguration. And they were interviewing like white people and they were literally like, they were these old ladies that were crying 
because they're like, I'm not going to be able to walk down the street. I'm not going to be able to go to the grocery store because black people now they're going to spit on me and they're going to, they're going to, they're going to talk mean to me. And I'm like, Oh, because that's the way you're treating black people now. I mean, that's, that's an admission of yes. what's been going on. Yes. But of course, none of that happened. It's not of like, not. Oh, Obama's, we have a black president now. So look out white people. We're going to treat you like shit for a while. No, that's not what All right, white people. I just want to <laughs> let you know that's coming for you. <laughs> No, <laughs> nice, nice impression. By the way, that's not too bad. It's yeah, not. It's not good. a bad Obama. I don't. For some reason, my daughter loves Obama, and I don't mean for some reason. I mean he's cool, but yeah, he's cool for for a thirteen year old to be like, I love Obama. The funny thing is that people would be like, Oh, that's because you're Matt. You're a progressive or something. And you indoctrinate her. It's like, No, I don't know where this shit came from. I don't know where her love <laughs> Obama came from. We're not like you folks on the right. Yes, I, well, it's that you know you got that Obama flag in the front yard. I mean. Huge Obama flag. And that, Ob- that Obama tattoo, you know. Yeah. My whole back piece. <laughs> I make it talk. Hello, yeah. Bob. Yes, we can. Right. Yes, we can. Hope. <laughs> we got hope. Change. Um, so we have a to- we do have a topic today. We're, t- we're it or not, we do. 12 minutes yes. into this stupid show, and we do have a topic. And it was going to be something, and then we're like, let's just name drop because Keith, you've been having conversations with a certain theologian about a certain phrase or word in 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 the new testament that apparently christians are just learning about and they're mad about it so give it the context and let us know what's going on yeah it's a it's one of these things it's a little kind of silly um yeah uh so yeah how do we how do we start this so i think we alluded to this maybe uh, last episode or episode before but i think it was last episode we without naming names we said there was a guy that was trying to drum up some kind of scandal, right? He was going to, he was going to publish some kind of expose. Uh, choir the, scandal. The choir <laughs> scandal. And and we talked about how it was just something really silly about how, uh, well, it was this, it was, it was this guy and it was this exact topic that um, he was, he's upset and he, he wants to make this into a big scandal. He wants to make it. Which, a big if you're looking for a scandal, you're going to be disappointed by this podcast. Yes, I, you are. <laughs> Let me just let you know, you yeah, prepare to be underwhelmed because this is not a scandal. No. Um, but the, what he wants to make a scandal is that I wrote this article probably like three years ago, um, but it's kind of evergreen. It's kind of keeps getting shared. I see it being shared all the time and it shows up in my top 10 all the time on, on Patheos. Um, it's a post called how evangelicals change the Bible to support their beliefs. And um, my point is that there are these translations in the Bible that are incorrect and it seems they're, they're made with an agenda Um because they're always, it seems like it's not a, it's not a coincidence that they're always made to favor a certain doctrine or to, a lot of times to oppress women or, you know, people that are gay. So like, you know, the verses, um, like how homosexual is added into first Corinthians or things like that. But in this particular case, so this specific thing, this is what he's, this is what he zeroed in on. Um, in Philippians chapter two, verses 10 and 11, um, yeah, everyone knows this verse, right? Um, where it says that um, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so that, that the way I just said it, that's the way 99.9% of Bible translations in, in English mm-hmm. translate that phrase, that verse. But um, if you go and read the Greek for the word confess, it is in the Greek, it's exomologio. And, and if you look under a lexicon, um, like Strong's or in any Greek, Greek English lexicon, um, the very first definition of exomologio, uh, and in my article, by the way, I do screenshots showing you, here's the word exomologio, I circle it, 
and then I have underneath that um, the uh, the definitions. So definition one is to confess. Definition two is to profess, and then the letter capital letter A, which means this is the first, um, you know, and best way to understand it and translate it is the letter A is acknowledge openly and joyfully. And so now David Bentley Hart, you know, he has a brand new um, translation of the, of the New Testament. He renders it, if you get his translation, he renders it this way. Every knee will bow and every tongue will gladly confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Because eximologio typically is mostly rendered as to openly, joyfully, gladly proclaim. So I, anyway, I do all that, give the screenshots, um, made the article. So anyway, this guy is um, decided again to make this a big conspiracy or some big thing. Like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. So um, I've, I've read, I, ca I came across this, uh, I think, the day before. And um, so one of the guys on this guy's page, I don't know if I should say names. I don't want to care to, to promote these names. guys. No. So this guy, I'll just say his first name, Darren. Just say douche, douchebag one, douchebag two. <laughs> douchebag one. Okay. So this guy, Darren, I'll just say his first name. Um, his comment to the post challenging that saying, you know, oh, this is Keith is wrong. And this is, you know, he says, Giles treatment of Philippians 2, uh, 10 and 11 is in and of itself an exercise, an exegetical fallacy dependent on a so-called definition of a word from Strong's, which is not a proper lexicon at all. I'm like, really? Okay. Um, this means Giles' subsequent claim is a false accusation. Um, and he says, I should recant my accusation on the basis that my exegetical argument is fatally flawed. Um, then the second guy, who, by the way, is the original guy that did the post and who's trying to beat drum up controversy about this. This is actually kind of funny to me because he just posted this like last night. And I think this is hilarious. So here's, there's, here's how this guy, his name is David. I'll just give you his first name. Here's how David responds and how he wants to handle this problem. He says, regarding eximologio uh, in Philippians 2, 10 to 11, specifically, I pulled a few translations from other languages just to see how they translated, and then Google translated them back into English. And here's the languages I worked with, um, covering translations from at least the 1500s to the present. Um, Afrikaans, Arabic, Bulgarian, Catalan, Subwano, what is that? Czech, German, Greek, Spanish, Finnish, French, Croatian, Dutch, 38 translations in 14 languages. And not one of them says gladly. I'm like, dude, is what? Is this how we're doing language now? So here's what I don't, <laughs> I just think this is hilarious. I'm going to take the, the translation from Spanish, let's say. And I'm going to then drop that Spanish into Google Translate in English and see if it says gladly. Okay, all he's doing is proving my point. My point is that these other translations, it doesn't matter if it's English or any other translation, they leave out the word gladly. They leave it out, not because that's correct Greek, but because it gladly, confess, doesn't fit with their theology. They're changing it. Remember the article? How evangelicals change the Bible to support their beliefs. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying go to this. So again, and I admit this, uh, I wrote a follow-up article, which I'm going to post probably right after this show on Patheos. Um, so what, what I did was, after I saw all this stuff, I'm like, really? This is just getting ridiculous. So I do, 
David Bentley Hart re- responds to my emails. I don't know if I want to call him a friend, but I I, I can email him and not after his he, skewering of your title of your. Oh, he title. hates. By the way, yes, he hates Solo Mysterium and Solo Deus. Not the book. He wrote a really great endorsement for Solo Mysterium, and he said he probably would love Solo Deus, but he just couldn't get past my horrible Latin. So let's just be honest. Just full disclosure. He's he really he's really pissed off about the fact that my Latin is is so bad uh, in my titles for my last two books. But anyway, even though even though he's pissed off about that, when I emailed him last night, I said, "Hey, just so you know, um, I'm kind of getting because they're attacking me. They're not attacking David Bentley Hart. Like, just you know, hey, can you help me out here because you know uh, I'm I'm going off of your translation. I'm going off of what I'm looking at." From Greek lexicons, it sure looks like you're right. When I when I go and look at Greek, dude, lexicons. even in even in the new revised standard version, which is like the um, the choice for most scholars. Yes, it says to what does it say? I got it right here to give praise, and then there's a footnote or confess. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So in in Romans fourteen eleven, the new revised standard version, updated edition. As I live, says the Lord. And this is actually quoting Isaiah 45, 23. That's right. As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise. Footnote D to God. Mm -hmm. Um, And the footnote D says, or confess. Yes. So So. I I, I sort of reached out because, again, I'm not a Greek scholar. And the only one I really know pretty well is David Bentley Hart. Like I said, sometimes I send him a message, he'll reply. So I sent him the message. I said, "Hey, you know, I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of getting attacked here by these people. They're claiming that Strong's is not a, uh, a, a credible Greek lexicon. They're claiming that this is, you know, uh, totally wrong, and this is, you know, that, that, that it's all off base. So, kid, help me out here. So here's what he said, I'm, and I can't quote all of it because he sent me like ten emails. <laughs> he he kind of got pissed. He kind of he was off fired up, man. He, he was fired up. <laughs> so, uh, it, but it's so great, and so I love David Bentley Hart. He says. Uh, again, in Koine Greek, the typical use was of a willing confession made gladly. Lexica are often uselessly vague. Simply consult the general usage in as many texts as you can. You will find no occasion of it that does not involve an acclamation or personal pledge of eager acceptance. It would fit such formulae as, quote, I gladly assume this responsibility, close quote, or, quote, I with full will and freedom proclaim my loyalty, close quote. And the context from Isaiah is sufficiently clear. It always means an act of acclamation, never a forced act of submission. It is an oath only in the sense that it is sometimes used as a term for a glad profession of loyalty like long live the king. The issue has been dealt with by others. It is simply not a word ever used to mean mere admission of a fact, much less unwilling surrender. Check out its uses, for instance, in Josephus, and Philostratus, which of course, I don't know who Philostratus is, so I won't be doing that, but I take his word for it. Um, and he says, and in fact, and he says with a giant capital, every, and in fact, every credible New Testament scholar knows this. Whoever your critics are, they are frauds. This issue is an old chestnut that even Lightfoot addressed. Um, I'm going to find one of the points. Gordon, <laughs> you know, Gordon Lightfoot? Uh, no, I think it's a, I think it's a scholar <laughs> named Lightfoot. He goes, he goes. This is my favorite part. He goes, tell your critics that they are uneducated hacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh. David, David, no, David, uh, that's where I'll have to disagree with you. David's the only one who gets away with some of this shit. I mean, yeah. I say you, you guys are fucking dumb. 
Yes. I would say, yeah. So, so then one more thing. So then he gives, he, then he gives us things about from Thayer's, which is like, oh, you don't like Strong's. Let's use Thayer's. Uh, Thayer's is, is a very credible, well-respected, well-used and quoted Greek lexicon. So he, in Thayer's, it's the same thing. One, to confess. Two, to profess. A, acknowledge openly and joyfully. So I did a screenshot of Thayer's. If you don't like Strong's, here's Thayer's saying the same thing. Um, and then he says this. <laughs> I take it your critics are the sort of simpletons who imagine that Paul is describing a forced confession. The verb capital never, ever had that meaning. But what warped little souls they must have to think Paul's <laughs> God such a petty, tyrannical little creep. <laughs> he is a good, uh, he's good at rhetoric, I tell you that. Yeah. So, so there, uh, again, I mean, end of episode. Bye, folks. Thanks, everybody. So listen, here's the thing that's frustrating, right? So I can go back and appeal to him and he can give me all this other uh, additional, you know, reference and context and all that stuff. And I promise you guys, it won't matter. Mm -mm. This guy is going to keep on pretending that this is a, that this, he calls it a fiasco, that this is, this is false, that I'm leading people astray, that I have, this is bad exegesis. I'm like, so it doesn't matter. They need they need it to be otherwise. They, they need do. it to, because it's such a universalistic and it's and it's in it's in Philippians and Romans fourteen eleven. Yes, as well. that's right. And in Romans, there's a lot of universalist stuff, especially oh, when you get gosh. into like. So I actually wrote something. Uh, I wrote something on it. I looked it up. I had a PDF of uh, All Set Free, which came out in 2015. I said the same thing, and I'm no scholar, but this is. I mean, this is shit. That I was, <laughs> we were looking at ten years ago, man. I I'll read yeah. one paragraph, and this isn't Scott. This isn't like this is as scholarly as I get. I don't get too scholarly, and I think it's spot on. I don't know. Uh, if you take a look at Romans fourteen eleven, notice that the NASB and NRSB, which are both like the scholarly kind of translations, read quote Every tongue shall give praise, emphasis mind to God. The Greek verb translated as confess or give praise, depending on translation, comes from the Greek verb exomologio. And indeed implies not only confession, but a but a giving of praise and open declaration of Jesus's lordship. In this case, Paul seems to be arguing that all will openly confess that Jesus is Lord, giving praise all the while. Furthermore, if you take a look at the Old Testament passage in which Paul's referring, Isaiah 45, 23, you'll not notice any contextual evidence that suggests that God will then reject such praise. It seems the presupposed notion that God will yet cast some off into internal darkness, even after they declare that Jesus is as Lord, must be read into Romans 14, 11. <laughs> and that's what they're saying. They say that, yes. that, I mean, you have to imagine everyone bowing their knee against yes. their will. Yes. Begrudgingly saying that Jesus is fine. Jesus is Lord. And then God saying, fuck off. <laughs> I just needed you. I just needed you to say that you little piece of shit. Now be gone with you. No, that's, that's exactly. I mean, yes. That's exactly. Because mm -hmm. you have to, if everyone's begrudgingly, well, well, well then. What's happening it, next? They're getting their heads it, cut off and thrown into the lake of fire. Of course. Well, okay. So it's not a real confession, but God just needed it because what? He has an ego? Yes. He has a desperate need to be worshiped. God, listen, Theo bros, God is not an insecure man. Stop reading that shit <laughs> into the text. I get it. We want to smite our enemies. I want to fuck shit up sometimes too, but God is not like us. Can we stop already? Yes, you, you, thank you. You accuse us of reading stuff into the text. I don't necessarily want the text to say all these things that are super merciful and super loving. 
Because yeah. <laughs> some people can eat shit, and I, I'd like to tell them to go to hell, but I really can't. Right. Um, yeah. So this is, um, again, it's frustrating to have to deal with this stuff. Well, you don't have it comes to, to the territory. I know. No, listen, I've already blocked the guy. I blocked him on Facebook. But see, I have two. Um, I have a I have my personal Facebook profile. And then I created one uh, as an uh, there's an author profile of, of me on yeah. Facebook. And mm-hmm. I never use it. I really don't. I, I don't think it. I ever post it, anything in there. But people will follow me there because like I'm I'm almost always at the maximum. Like I can't add more friends. Right. So people will try to friend me and they they get frustrated. So then they'll go to the author author one. Right. So because I blocked him on my personal one, and here's why I blocked this guy. Because he is um relentless. I mean, he will you know, he's asked me things, he's brought up things, I have answered him, and then he but he will just keep badgering me. And I just don't have the time for it. Like I just, for my own personal, you know, emotional and mental health, I have decided to push that noise to the side and not deal with it. So that's why I've unfollowed the guy and, and blocked him because he won't shut up. He won't stop. Um, so, but then he tagged me. I only know about this stuff because he tagged my author um, profile, which I didn't, which I didn't block him on that. Um, and so then I saw that I had been tagged I went and looked at it. I saw these comments and I'm like, really? Come on. I mean, just like got nothing else to do, man. I mean, so ultimately, like, I mean, you mentioned earlier, they're always pushing this agenda that always fits a certain narrative. It's like when they, um, it's like in the NIV when in -hmm. Jeremiah, when they add the word just. So it says, I didn't just demand sacrifices. It's like they're always doing things in such a way to make God more like them. Yes. To make God hate the same people they do, to make God fit like a very egoic, human-centric, petty, petty yes. view. And I don't mean human-centric in a positive way. I mean no. in like like the worst of us, like yes. blood sacrifices, eternal hell, retribution, mm-hmm. wrath, anger, mm-hmm. vengeance. Like, oh, let me just guess. God is just like you on your worst days. Right. Yeah. What's that quote? Um, Aunt Lamott's quote. You know, you've successfully made God in your own image when God hates all the same people you do. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. No, and see that, and that, thank you for mentioning that thing about like putting the word just in there when it doesn't belong there. It's not what it says, but that's another example of how evangelical translators have, uh, and conservative translators have added things in or, or left words out. So in this case, in the Exomologio case, they've left out the word gladly. They've just let, made it confess. Um, but in the one you mentioned, they're adding the word just <clears throat> because these things are necessary to hold up their toxic theology. Mm-hmm. And and I'm just writing an article to expose it. I'm just writing an article to say, hey, by the way, you might want to know. And because, the, you know, it's those because we're trained right in churches to like, well, the Bible says I'm just going to flip it open right here and I'm going to read right here. It says in Isaiah or it says in Jeremiah or it says in, you know, uh, Philippians. And they're going to read it. And yeah, I get it. Your English translation does say that. But should it? Yeah. That's man, the problem. This, and and that's why I go back like, um, I mean, progressives cherry pick. Too. I, I've made the case that everyone cherries picks. I sure. made the case, I think, I'm not the first to make the case that Jesus and Paul cherry picked. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, all the time. And so and so that's where I, that's what I, like, I'll let the text 
The text might be homophobic in some places. The text definitely endorses slavery. The de- the text yes. definitely supports the patriarchy. It, the Bible is a problematic text. Conservatives yes. need to acknowledge that. Progressives need to not make it clean. Right. And and we need to just but if if we're going to have an exegetical model Paul or Jesus, generally, hopefully Jesus, but Paul's good too. Actually, I think Paul gets a bad rap personally. Yeah, me too. I then do. then let's pay attention to them because both would fail conservative seminary with the way they exegete the Old Testament. Jesus will take things out of context and make it a new context. Oh my gosh. Uh, yes. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my feet. I'll make a footstool of my enemies. That has nothing to do with Jesus in Psalm. Right. But he makes it about himself somehow. Where he's right, got, and, yeah. Where he's got, you know, uh, David calling him Lord. Well, that that it wasn't that wasn't the context, right? But yeah. Uh, so but just see, let, let's let it let it be what it is. That's I know it's complicated. I know it's nuanced, and I know that strips away some of the Bible's authority. But good, yeah, good. yeah. So, but see, and I'm glad you said that too. Like we've talked about this before. I'm sure. Uh, I know I blogged about it. You blogged about it. We've written books about it and, and, and talked about it, like how. If you go to these Old Testament passages that Jesus and Paul quote from, um, typically the way Jesus and Paul quote them is very, um, not even nuanced. I mean, it's like, it's like taking a a pair of scissors and going, nope, I'm going to just, I'm not going to mention the wrath part here. I'm only going to mention this other part and I'm going to pull it into this context and I'm going to turn it around. So now instead of it being like a passage about how God is going to destroy the Gentiles, it's now a passage about how God loves and welcomes and forgives and shows mercy to the Gentiles. When that is not the original context at all, but Jesus Mm -hmm. and Paul do that kind of stuff all the time. All the time. All the time. There's my favorite one is in Galatians 3. Paul says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In Deuteronomy 21, it says, for everyone hung on a tree is under God's curse. Like, Paul, yes. could have said, could, Paul could have said that, but he didn't. He just said cursed. Right. And I love, the other one I love is um, in Ephesians. It's the armor of God stuff. Have you ever compared oh. the armor of God in Ephesians 6 to what he's referencing in Isaiah 59? No. Oh yeah, so you know the arm, the whole armor of God, so that you may be yeah, able yeah, to stand. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. In in Isaiah, here's what it is: He put on garments of vengeance for clothing, and wrapped himself in fury as a mantle, according to their deeds. So he will repay wrath to his adversary, adversaries, requital to his enemies. In in Paul's version, he's got like he's got you walking in. I think it's walking in flip flops. It's the it's the shoes of peace, right? The shoes of peace. And in Isaiah, yeah. it's like no, you're putting on the vengeance garments of vengeance. Yes, and he changes it now to the sort of the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah so, the faith. It's, so it's the spirit, it's faith, it's peace, it's yeah, it's uh, salvation. These are all positive, good things. They're not. It's not. It's not about destruction. There's no wrath. wrath. There's no. It's no. using that imagery. It's like this is where I, I mean, who am I to disagree with Bart Ehrman when he's talking about the Book of Revelation and how it's yes. not? I mean, he he's obviously familiar with the lens that I think is still the proper one, which is like the wrath of the lamb, which right, I which think is, is a joke. Sarcasm. Yes. Like the wrath and, of the and, suckling lamb. Like a the, cute little The wrath of the puppy. Puppy. Yes, that's the, it. That's what I say. The, the wrath teething of the puppy. puppy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, beware the wrath of the teething puppy. Yes. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, I think there's so much more satire and sarcasm 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 and irony in the yes. new testament when yes. paul and jesus are saying a lot of things and and we miss it because we have in in the evangelicalism 
we have a theology that then influences how we read the text. Mm-hmm. I was never, I never exegeted any of my doctrines out of the text. I was told what the doctrines are, and then I'd go to the text to verify it. So it's like, it's like on YouTube when you have confirmation bias and you have that bar that it recommends to you and you're going down these conspiratorial rabbit hole, like you have your conclusion and then you go supply data to it and you, and you disregard the data that doesn't fit with your narrative. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you can show all these instances to your friends, like you just said, or your friends, your, your, your interlocutors. Yes. Um, and, and you're right. They will never acknowledge that you're correct. No, no, it doesn't matter. I know I'm, I'm about to publish this, this uh, post with the screenshots from Thiers, with the quotes from David Bentley Hart, with his references to other sources, and they won't care. It will not will change their not mind. Budge. They're going to double down and say, Keith's at it again. I'll put a hundred dollars on that, that they will not come up with like a, Hey, Keith was right on this. Yes. Oh no, I know. They're not going to say, I, I'll, no. I'll, I agree with you. They're not going to say, you know, Keith, you're right, man. I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm wrong about that. Yeah, no, no, yeah. they're not. They're not going to say that. No. Whereas, you know, yeah, I'll admit there's a lot of shit in the Bible where I'm like, well, what do you do about that verse? Yeah, that's a that's that's a shitty passage. That's right. <laughs> what, do you mean, what do you mean? What do I do with it? Like, yeah, some shit was said that was that I disagree with. Now, well, how do you know what to agree with? Well. I mean, that's a whole other conversation, but yeah. just because it's in the Bible does not mean anything. Even if it said ever, well, I mean, if it, if it was from Paul, then you, Paul's probably not a great thinker, but if he was like, yeah, everyone will begrudgingly give praise, they will bend their knee and then they'll be destroyed. Yeah. You're like, God, God damn. Thanks for saying that I'm, that, uh, yeah, that, uh, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord. And now I'm going to cut your heads off and throw you into the lake of fire. To what end? To what end? Yeah. To those person, even if it said that, to what end? What does that make your god to be? Yeah. Pretty uh, juvenile and petty. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very very true, man. Uh and sad. Uh, I hate I, I hate that this it just continues to be um an issue. But at the same time, the fact that these people are Focusing on this and and jumping up and down about it proves that well I must be on to something, um, you know because they're they're really upset about it they really don't like that I'm telling people what it really says in the Greek and I'm backing it up with this you know with sources. What because are their it, yeah sources? it undermines their view. What are their I mean other than going and translating it to different languages and I translating haven't seen it. Which I've never, I mean what what is this methodology? I've never heard of taking a a. So explain to me how they did it again. They took the word in Greek, <laughs> translated it to English, translated it to Spanish, and then back into Greek, and it didn't have gladly in it? Okay. So if I understand, I'm going to read it again. Um, okay, slowly I this pulled, time. I pulled a few translations from other languages, which means he probably just went to like, what? What Do they do? Um, what's that Oh, website? exomologio into something else? Well, maybe not. Maybe he took the English. I, I'm thinking he took, he went to like a, a Bible uh, website. And he typed in Philippians 2, 10 through 11. And then he translated, he had it, he had the website translate that into these, these languages, like say Spanish or Dutch uh-huh. or whatever. Then he copied that and he pasted it into Google Translate to back into translate English? it back into English. But all that's telling you is that, the, <laughs> all that's telling you is that those translations are making the same what? mistake. 
doesn't make any sense. It's not like, proving why? anything. No, what do you? Who does? I mean, is this something that's done in academia? Is this is this no, how Greek no. scholars are going through shit? And they're like, well, let's <laughs> we'll go to let's Google Translate to, to figure out what this means. Like, you use Google Translate <laughs> when you're in like Taiwan. You're like, shit, I don't know how to say these words. So you put it in there, and you're like, you know, yeah, make this sort of make sense so I can get to where I'm going. Yeah, exactly. This is not. I, I'm not a scholar, but that's not how I imagine scholarship is being done these days. Who the fuck are these dummies? Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I can see why David Bentley Hart gets so snarky because he's so like when it's your life, when you invest your life into something mm-hmm. and some dumbasses come along and are like, well, this is what I, this that's your methodology. That sounds stupid as shit there. I've never in my mind thought oh, I'll do that. And then that'll prove my point. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, what? No, no, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, that's a great point. Like, when I have read people, and this isn't the first time, I should say. I think even on the actual article itself on Pathios, if you read the comments below, people are making the same kind of comments. Like, oh, this isn't right. This is not correct. Exegesis, blah, blah, blah. But typically what I see people doing is they're not doing what I'm doing. They're not going, hey, look at look at this lexicon, look at this Greek translation, and look how it doesn't say what Keith is saying it says, right? They're not doing that. Because I don't think they can. What they're doing is they're saying, um, look at all these other translations that don't render it the way Keith does. So, um, in fact, one of the guys says, you know, somehow um, these two white guys, meaning me and David Bentley Hart, we're the only two people that seem to. It's in the NRSV. I don't know what to tell them. It's in the NRSV. This is the new revised standard version. This is kind of like the the standard yeah. Bible. Yes. I, this is a, again, this is, again, you're going to be very underwhelmed if this is a scan. You're looking for a scandalous thing. This is why I didn't do that video. Once he emailed. Yes. And I was like, how is this even a scandal? How am I even involved? Yeah, no, I was curious because it would, because at first he didn't tell us what it was about. It was like, oh, right, I'm going to do this, right. oh, I'm doing this video stuff. and I'm going to do it on YouTube and I'm going to expose this. I'm going to expose. Like you found my choir. text to Mike or something. <laughs> like, oh, boy. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, wow, man, what is, what's, what could this be? I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. And then when he tells us what it is and it was this garbage, like, right? It was like, because like, Keith didn't change his, his blog post when I pointed out to him that he was wrong about Eximologia. I'm like, dude, that's dude, what it is. Then email Zondervan and tell him to do the same thing with the NRSV. Thank you. Please. Yes. Start with him. <coughs> go, don't, don't go to me. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. Go to the people that are actually, you know, publishing Bibles it's like David like, Bentley Hart or Yale Press. Go to Yale Press because Yale. Yale Press published David Bentley Hart's new translation of the New Testament. Let's all, you know, if you if you're con- you know convinced that this is wrong, this is a wrong translation, this is a misleading, you know, way to translate this, then write a, a strongly worded letter to Yale Publishing, Yale Press. Yeah. Or or like you said, Zondervan. Have them have which them. is conservative. Like, don't even skip Yale. They're they're liberal. Yeah, Use Zondervan, yeah. which is super conservative, that yes. owns the rights to the NRSV, and it says give praise. They do put the footnote of confess in there because they're like, oh, we don't want. You know. What's funny is it's a confess is a footnote. Give yeah. praise is the in the text. actual translation. Yeah, which I'd say that's that's probably fine. That seems mm-hmm. to be what most. That's yeah. I, I, and that teaching, by the way, so the teaching that we're talking about that you know that. The idea that conservative Christians want us to come away with, the reason why they're so upset, is what they want is 
they want Philippians 2, 10 and 11 to support this idea, as we've, as we've been saying, that Jesus comes back and, and, and everybody bends the knee and everybody confesses Jesus is Lord through clenched teeth. And then, and then Jesus like throws them into the lake of fire and tortures them for eternity. But that, all of that is not found in the text. It's not found before the text. It's not found after the text. Like that is a teaching that they have added and they have, they've done such a good job of it. Like, you know, when I was growing up and indoctrinated and in evangelical Christianity and even was preaching from the pulpit um, and doing Bible studies and stuff, I, I, that's how I taught that passage. I didn't teach that passage because it's what the Bible verse says. I taught it because I was told this is the connotation. This is what, this is the understanding, the meaning behind this text. So when you teach it, teach it like that. So I did. And so now what I'm doing is now that I'm no longer an evangelical Christian, I'm, I'm looking at those texts now with a different perspective. And I'm saying, well, does it say that? Is it saying, is it, here's the thing. Is it even about the second coming? I don't even think that's inherent in the, in the text. It just says, that one day every knee will bow. It's just, it'll happen one day. It doesn't say when, but one day this will happen, that everyone will bend the knee and, sit and confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father, and that's it. There's nothing about judgment in that text. There's nothing about, and then they're going to get it. So, Or even that they're doing it under you know protest or under duress or something. They're through their clenched teeth and grinding their teeth like, Jesus is Lord. None of that's there. So again, it's not just, it's not just um, whether the word is changed or not, the understanding, the meaning, the teaching uh, is also embedded in that, in the way they read and teach that text. And, and yeah, what is the, what is the two way. white guys comment? Was the person a person of color? No, no, no. I think he was referring to David Bentley Hart and myself. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, why was no, he's a white guy too. So he's a white guy just saying all oh, these two white guys. Like I'm so what? confused. But conservatives don't play that game really. No, both of these guys that I quoted by the way in the uh, earlier Darren and David, they're both white guys. And I don't mean I just don't mean they they don't think like that. Like why are they saying like I could see like it make it make more sense if two white guys were arguing for a part of the Bible to make like uh slavery palatable. There you go. Oh, let's see. White people are trying to make the Bible say slavery is... Okay, so that makes sense. Sure, no, that would make I, sense. You're right. The, the, but, but in this context, it has nothing to do with like racial justice, I, black liberation theology, right. any sort of... Um, I think it's a dig at progressives because in his view, progressives are supposed to care about people of color. And here are these white people saying something. So like, it's, it's his way of sort of sh trying to throw shade on the progressive view, which he... You know, these are the things he doesn't like about progressives. So he thinks by saying that he's somehow David Bentley Hart's not a progressive theologically. I mean, in that way, like I don't think I think he's a he's a Greek scholar, Greek yes. Orthodox. He's a Greek very Eastern Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox. Yes, scholar. Yes. So I couldn't even put him in the like the progressive Christian camp. I would say, what is yeah. David Bentley Hart? Well, he's a philosopher, and he's is an Eastern Orthodox scholar. I yep. wouldn't progress. I mean, he's probably, I guess, somewhat progressive or some sort of progressive politically. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. I would think so. But I wouldn't say he's conservative. Um, but but again, I, he doesn't. Anything but, that isn't 
the evangelical Christian it's progressive Calvinism, you know, uh, PSA, eternal conscious torment, inerrancy of scripture, that anything, anything not, not in that circle, anything outside of that circle, progressive. that's progressive. Progressive. That's dangerous. Right. Because it's an easy pejorative. Yes. That's, this that's is the reason why they don't understand what orthodox means. Right. So when Alyssa Childers and Mike Winger and Sean McDowell, these guys, historic Christianity. this is historic orthodox Christianity. No, Eastern Orthodox, which is they I think they they can hold claim to the word orthodox. Um, mm-hmm. The Eastern Orthodox don't believe those three things. So that's not orthodox. What you're saying is it's your view. You would like to call your view orthodox. But when we actually consult the real orthodox view, it's not yours. It's not the same. They're so silly. They're just trying to defend. It's like when you're a kid. Did you ever like build sandcastles uh, um, near the beach where the, the the waves would just come up and kind of knock over your sandcastle? Yeah, you try yeah. to protect it with the walls, and you that's you right. Your brother, you do, that's, you dig that's a tr- trench. Dig a uh-huh. trench. Sure, yep. We're gonna build a big moat. We're not. That's <laughs> what they're doing. That's that. This is an uh, modern evangelicalism is nothing more than building the sandcastle where the waves crash, and you're trying to defend this castle. And it's like, well, eventually the tide's coming up. The you're tide's like, coming in. You're only gonna the be out here for so long. Yeah, that's right. And like, what are you trying to defend? A view of God that says what? God's shitty at the end yes. of the day. God's the Satan. God, yeah. <clears throat> Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. Your, your God is way worse than Satan and the, the actual Satan in the Bible. And way I think worse. that's the, yeah, the, the realization as I was deconstructing hell for myself out of eternal conscious torment into patristic universalism or universal reconciliation um, was the realization that the the version of God that I had defended up to that point and believed in up to that point was not all that different from a God like Baal um, or Molech, right? He was pissed off. Um, He demanded some blood sacrifice, uh, something innocent, you know, maybe, maybe a son, maybe a daughter, maybe a virgin. Um, And if you didn't, if you didn't get that satisfaction, you were going to pay a heavy price. Like that doesn't sound like, the God that Jesus talks about. That's not the God from, that's not the same God. It's being, you know, sort of paralleled in the prodigal son story. I mean, and, and it's, and it's one thing to believe something. It's a, it's another to be like a fervent, like apologist for something. Defender, so, like, you have to defend that. Yes. Like when I, I knew all this stuff growing up and I was just like, man, this seems rough, but I guess this is the answer, but there's no way I'm telling people about this shit because it's yeah. terrifying. I don't even know. Like, <laughs> But some of these people, they just double down, they double down, they double down, they double down, they double down. And when is the, when is the, okay, but even if it is, yeah. If you're supposed to repent, when is the last time you changed your mind theologically on anything, anything ever? Yeah. Fundamentalism, by definition, does not allow you to, but within Christian tenets, is supposed to be the idea that you're supposed to repent. Right. Change your mind, not feel sorry. For being a filthy no, sinner, that's not what it has that's nothing not to do what, with that. Change your mind on the way you think and how you yeah. think. Yeah. When when that's is the last that. time? When is the last time any fundamentalist has ever done that? You can't by definition because you're trying to conserve that which what already was. You're trying to yeah. be fundamental to what you already know and believe, and so you're never going to yeah waver. You're never going to come off of nothing. Well, what's interesting is you can <clears throat> you can find some examples. Um. And like slavery is a good example, um, like where the Christian church in America for a very long time, especially around the Civil War, um, you know, apologists stood up and preached from the word of God 
and even said, you know, quoted passages that were pro-slavery and said, if you're going to argue with this, you're not arguing with me, you're arguing with the word of God because the Bible supports slavery. And so, and so they stood behind that, right? They stood, they, they, they stood their ground because the Bible clearly said, but again, not, not everybody, but most, at least today, anyway, most evangelical Christians would not stand up and support slavery, even though it is taught by the Bible. So that's an example of where they did change their mind, where they did say, well, okay, um, I'm going to back off of this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to die on this hill. Um, but they had to go the outside. The Bi- they had to go outside the Bible or they did go outside the Bible to do it. I don't think you have to go outside the Bible to do it because again, I would say that with, with the way that Jesus exegeted scripture, the way yes. that Paul exegeted scripture, you'd have a hard time. But if the Bible is your ultimate authority, right. then you do have to go outside of scripture to realize that this, you know, you have to go to your, like your moral guide, whatever. And that's, yeah. See, that's the difference. I mean, this is, I think, exactly, you put your finger on exactly what I think we're talking about. Um, as long as what you're saying is, no, 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 I'm only going to stick on what the scripture says, the Bible says, so so therefore I have to behave this way and I have to believe this way. You know how horrible it is, how toxic it is, how even, even how even, maybe it makes me uncomfortable, like, but I'm going to, but I have to stand by it because the Bible says it. Um, versus taking the posture of, and this is the way I've approached scripture is like, is it Christ-like? Is it following the ar- the moral ethical arc set in motion by Jesus and by Paul, but not pseudo Paul, but the real Paul? Um, you know, then like on slavery, um, if you if you come to that crossroads and your choices are only what the Bible says and supports, or the moral ethical you know direction and arc that Jesus and Paul started. To, to move in the in the direction of then then it's this is exactly what conservative Christians today have done on slavery but they're unwilling to do the exact same thing on the LGBT LGBTQ verses right the clobber passages for for homosexuality they're now they're still standing on that like no the Bible says the Bible says the Bible says mm-hmm. and again you come back and go well but that word Malakoi or, or, you know, Senecotai, that doesn't mean that. Like, now we're back to saying, does it even say that? Is that even what, what it really is all about? And and at the same time, trying to appeal for the things that Jesus and Paul talked about. Um, and so, you know, you have a choice. And, and conservative Christians still have that same choice today. And unfortunately, they're making the mistake that they made pre-Civil War um, on this, uh, on, just on a different issue, on a different topic. Um and and again, it feels like this is the pattern. So they're going to resist and resist and resist until they just can't anymore. Like to hold on to these ideas of slavery, if the Christian church had never changed its mind on that, um, they would have died, right? Churches that held on to that, they don't exist, you know, well, at least not openly anymore. Hmm. And it's going to happen again. I think given another 20, 30 years, it's going to happen again on this, uh, on the LGBTQ issue. Where I mean, it's it, it already like, kind of has. I mean, in yeah. terms of like, they just found a new boogeyman. Like the, the instead of the G, the, they're mad at the T. Yeah, the trans. Yeah, yes. Now the that's the abomination, everybody. Yeah, because they moved the on from thing. the gay marriage stuff. They just they'll just find the next the next boogeyman. Yeah, but again, it's, like, it's they're following that same pattern of the Bible clearly says like well, but, but you and I, you and I both know. Take take the what if we just had what if we're just Jews and we had the Old Testament? I'd say right. they they made that whole. There's a reason most Jews are progressive. Right. They they. 
their their whole their whole thing is progressing the whole time. Yeah, they deconstructed the time. their own scriptures, and we haven't. And that's all <laughs> Jesus and Paul are too. They're just <laughs> that's right. They just de- they just had a creative way of interpreting their faith. I mean, Jesus and Paul, even Christianity properly understood, should just be an interpretation of Judaism. That's really, right? right? That's, that's all it really what be. it is. It's a, it's a different. It's a it's a. If you're going to look at it this way, if you think of Jesus and Paul as rabbis, then this is a just a different different rabbinical perspective yeah that that rabbis jesus and rabbi paul um took to the old testament text mm-hmm. and i think they just they they actually stay in line and they become creative themselves but they stay in line with the the rabbinic tradition the prophetic tradition yeah of being creative and and always asking the question how does how does my current life context relate to god and how does god relate to me now mm-hmm and that's what it's always done. That's why I think it's progressive. It's always asking, okay, so now we have all this new experience and new bits of data. So how does God relate to me now? And how do I relate to God now in this current situation? Yes. No matter what our scriptures say and everything, that's great that we love our tradition. But we're always, Judaism is always progressing and moving towards something and moving that's away right. from some things too. And and so like, then we get into this like, oh, we're going to close it all up. And our interpretation is key and it's historic christianity even though it started with zwingli and luther and calvin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah well, you guys right. you get again this is what what did david bentley hard call these kind of people in your email <laughs> uh, Un- uneducated <laughs> dolts what <laughs> uh something like that. um i'll read it again i take it your critics are the sort of simpletons who imagine that paul is describing mm-hmm. a forced confession the verb never ever had that meaning but but what warped little souls they must be <laughs> or they must have to think that Paul's God is such a petty, tyrannical little creep. <laughs> Tell me what you really think. Though. Call, what, calling someone a simpleton is so <laughs> such a slight. It's such a burn. Oh, you simpleton. Uh, it's very elitist. I, I was, I noticed in one of the David Bentley Hart fan groups on Facebook that I'm in, yes. there was something about like David Bentley Hart being an elitist and, and, and <laughs> David Bentley Hart fans being elitist. And it's like, yes. well, yeah, but sometimes I mean, I see that, I guess, but sometimes like when you're dealing with this level of idiocy. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean. Look, I took the passage from Spanish. I went to Google Translate and you know what? It didn't say gladly. I don't know why. It's like a flat (laughs) earther going like, all right, Neil deGrasse Tyson, you dumb. Yeah, I'm going to tell you why you're wrong and why the earth's flat. And yeah, let me tell what's you. Neil deGrasse Tyson going to say? I mean, yeah. is he's not he might be nicer than David Bentley. I don't know. But he's not going to he's not going to think, "Oh yeah, let me let me pay attention to your scholarship, you." Oh yeah. Oh, I never <laughs> thought bright, of that. Bold, you bright <laughs> bold genius. <laughs> yes, I never thought of that before. Yeah, oh. cuz you're ignoring like hundreds of years of scholarship that has gone on. And, yeah, what and- do what do these people think that the all the patri- I mean, you can't deny the fact that so many early Christians were universalists. Yes, and, they were. And, and Augustine course. said biblically based, not emotional and up in their feelings. Yeah, yeah. up in the feels. Yes, that's right. Thank so you. So yeah, when they when that, they approach yeah. this scripture, what do you think they said? They, they they're Greek, right? Origen was Greek. Gregory of Nyssa yeah. Greek. They they spoke and they wrote Greek. Yes, Clement of Alexandria Greek. Mm-hmm. They knew Greek. They weren't yes. like, oh, well, this word this actually. Their native means... language. It wasn't a translation. Yeah, yeah, they weren't like, well, let's take it. Let's put it in Spanish, and and then back into. <laughs> well, you know around. what? I think I mean... that's actually that's actually something. I think David Bentley Hart has made that point. I think he made it that point on Heretic Happy Hour when we had him on. Um, that 
because Augustine wasn't a, a Greek speaking believer, he, he made Greek. mistakes. Huh? He hated Greek. Yeah, exactly. So he made mistakes. He misun he mistranslated, misunderstood passages, and that's where a lot of bad theology came from. Yeah, Ianios gets that too, the eternal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because eternum in Latin does mean eternal, everlasting. Right. But in the Greek Ianios means age enduring or enduring yeah. for an age, or it could mean eternal, or it could be like Keith, I waited for you forever. Where were you? Yes, hyperbole. Yes. So Latin doesn't from what I understand. We're obviously not Latin scholars, as it's been pointed out. Yes, uh, I am. Like, I have definitely Keith, proven that, especially me. I'm the worst. I dare not. Latin I dare not scholar. use Latin words in my titles. I use English only. <laughs> if you want David um, Bethard to endorse you, you better get the but, Latin right. I say that. What I understand is Latin is more of a rigid, fixed language, mm -hmm. where Greek becomes more poetic and... Um, like, like it's uh, Ionios and Eternum, like yeah. Eternum yeah. is everlasting. And maybe you can use it rhetorically. I'm not sure. But Greek has just got, I mean, it's, it's just so many, so many meanings right. depending on context. That's right. Yeah. So anyway, um, <clears throat> I, I, that's, anyway, that's what's been entertaining me the last 24 a, hours. Do we have an ETA on the scandal video that your boy is uh, putting up? Because he just keeps I imagine he's working on it. There's going to be some content for us to um, – there might have to be one of those episodes where I spend a little more time cutting and splicing some audio clips so we can respond to them. Oh, that's seems, true. I hope he does a video. I think he is going to do a YouTube video, and then we can make well, a, what he said. a diss track. He, that's what he – I'll make a diss track for sure. Uh, no, I don't – he hasn't <laughs> He hasn't reached a level of diss track yet. Not yet. But, but definitely a, um, a response video. Yeah. So if he, if he, does, if he does that, I definitely want to respond. But yeah, if it's going to be I, two to three hours, I might have to listen to that on like fast forward, man. Two to th he's yeah. going to make a two to three hour video on this this one passage or a couple of things that you've said. Well, who knows? Maybe he's got more. I mean, because, you know, my article that he's referencing, I mentioned some other examples, too. So oh, you know, he's going to mention the Malakoy and Arsenokotai stuff. Probably. Yeah, probably. Because they're obsessed. Like they think about gay shit more than we in the LGBTQ community think oh, about way it. More. Way, way, way more. Way more. I guarantee conservatives think about gay shit more than I do. Yeah. And I'm not straight. <laughs> like, I'm just not thinking about this shit during the day. They're just obsessed with it. Oh, yes. Yes. So, you know, he's going to comment on that. And there's probably, I can probably think of a couple, maybe the Ianios one, because, you know, that, I don't know. Uh, yeah. So, I secretly, I'm hoping that. that he does, that he does kind of, you know, we get the, we need those sound bites like, these guys are dangerous. And, oh, I'll make her, um, if, if it's that, I might make her fun remix for that. That's, yeah. Well, remember, hot. Ricky Gans did that. You you made a remix yeah. remix for him. He did this whole video, and it was he turned it into an ad for Heretic Happy Hour. It was hilarious. Yeah, because he yeah. says it over and over again. Dangerous. The name of their it's podcast is Heretic Happy Hour. Heretic Happy Hour. Happy 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 Happy. happy. <laughs> then the beat comes in. These guys are <laughs> dangerous. Yes, dangerous. Yeah. Yes. So if dangerous. only I had, if only I had that much time now. I don't have time to do that kind of silly shit. I know. I know. Or the 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 our pal pal. I probably spent like three or four hours on that that episode but it oh, was so was fun the twilight zone yeah for those who don't listen go listen to our pal pal on heritage Capier. <laughs> when that violin first comes in and he's oh, sad beautiful. about something derek said it makes me laugh <laughs> so hard i forgot about that yes he starts to say something and you you yeah you you subtly it's mix this, in the sad violin it's this weeping slow violin it's <laughs> brilliant <laughs> the f man mm, the f man <laughs> oh beautiful the things people spend their time on. Ah, well, this has been fun. 
It's been fun. It's been something. All right. Well, I'll see you next time. And just a reminder, folks, if you leave a rating and a review in September, you're going to get two books, one from Keith, eh, one from me. (laughs) Thumbs up. (laughs) All right. So, all right. Do that. Go rate and review. Tell your friends. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Do do all the things. Peace and love.